All right, everybody. So it's Julie with the second segment that I told you I was not 100% sure I was going to do. And things have just gotten to a place where I'm going to do it. Um, I don't know what I'm going to cover in all this. This is, this is more um, current news as opposed to opinion and whatnot. Although you can pretty much guarantee my opinion is going to be in this because this is my podcast and, you know, whether you agree with what I say or not, uh, <laughs> makes no never mind to me. Um, all right, so let's start with Gone with the Wind. And, um, the thing, the interesting thing about Gone with the Wind is that it's a movie with racist themes. And I think pretty much everybody and their mother who has any idea what that movie's about knows that. Because what's the movie about? It's about the South and the Civil War. Okay, so basically what happened was because of George Floyd and all this chaos that has been going on for two weeks. Okay, let me give you the premise of this before I even go any further. First, let me explain to you that no one at all, no one, has disputed the fact that George Floyd was murdered by these police officers. Nobody from the liberal left, nobody from the conservative right, and nobody from the middle are saying that George Floyd is guilty of anything, that George Floyd resisted arrest, that George Floyd deserved it. Nobody. 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 Um, if anybody at all posted any sort of thing approving of George Floyd's death, they're straight out a racist, and I'm pretty sure they were dealt with. I can almost guarantee they were dealt with quickly. Uh, but I mean, like, out of people that are, that, like, the main world, I'm talking about the entire world, nobody is disputing the fact that the officer that has been arrested, that was actually kneeling on his neck, needed to be arrested. The three other officers are now facing charges because of their inaction during the time, and that has to happen. All four officers were fired within 24 hours, not placed on administrative leave, fired by the Minneapolis Police Department, which means that they didn't just say, we're going to put them on admin leave while we investigate. They saw that it was in inappropriate. They saw that it was outright murder, and they terminated them, just like that. Nobody, nobody, nobody is disputing any of this. However, followed after this were protests. And we allow protests. I mean, peaceful protesting is fine. Have you let your voice be heard. Those immediately followed. But we're sitting here going, but, you know, nobody's disputing this. George Floyd was murdered. Like, everyone knows this. Um, like I said, all the officers were fired within four days. And the officer that knelt on his neck was arrested, like, within three days, I believe. Two to three days. Okay. As is wont to happen... Facebook and everything else is being taken over by Antifa, by Black Lives Matter, and all of that stuff. Now, nobody has an issue with you saying Black Lives Matter. Nobody does, because they do, and we're all fully aware of this. It's constantly saying it, telling us like we don't know, telling us like we don't agree. We agree. Black Lives Matter. No one is disputing that. Why do you keep saying it? It's like saying the sky is blue. We know the sky is blue. We're not disputing that, okay? Like, that's the whole thing, okay? So whatever, just keep shoving it down our throats, whatever. But they get like, I mean, they're so in your face about it. Not, not just that, but just everything. Like there's not, you can't do anything right online today. Nothing you do is right. The only time you can actually do something right is if you actually straight up say, uh, I agree with you, you're right, I'm wrong. Or you're right. Then you're fine. As long as you agree with them, you're okay. 
So from this Antifa and Black Lives Matter, the movement, not the words, the movement have created hot pots of insanity and riots and looting took place. But why? Because once again, no one is disputing the fact that George Floyd never should have died and that he was murdered and that charges need to be brought. Everybody's saying that. So suddenly they take this opportunity to stir up hatred, division, and destroy com communities. And it's not just in Minneapolis, friends. It's across the, the entire United States. People are just destroying their own communities, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, cutting off their noses to spite their face. And the liberal media is sopping this up like soupy bread. They're just like, yeah, we're just going to encourage this. And you see a whole bunch of people on Facebook. Yeah, this is what they get. So Target deserves to be burned to the ground because a cop killed somebody. Um, yeah, that makes no sense. So from all this rioting and looting, we're finding all this different urging and chaos, Antifa and Black Lives Matter, they're, the movement, are going around putting bricks out, setting up people to riot and loot, and just go insane, okay? Meanwhile, while all this is happening, there's a court case against the Democrats, Hillary and uh, Obama and all of them, for all the illegal crap they've been pulling, but no one knows about that because the mainstream media is, is just fueling this race battle, dividing America like they always do in election years, so we can't have discussions that are sane and calm and peaceful and just, oh, don't look over here. Don't look at the right hand. Don't look at the right hand that's actually trying to bring justice to crooked politicians. No, no, no. Look at the left hand and let's encourage rioting and looting and destroying our own community, which is really ironic when CNN became the brunt of that and actually got their building attacked by rioters and looters. That's what you get for encouraging it, my friend. So we have all of this going on and it's been about two weeks, Okay. And now the new kick is to defund and dismantle the police departments to basically get rid of police, okay? Um, the most ludicrous things you could ever hear are coming out of the mouth of liberals right now. You look at them like, have you lost it? You've lost it. So they're like, well, who will respond when there's an emergency? Oh, you know, like, like community people and like social workers. Yeah, because we're going to go confront an armed robber. Like, I'm a social worker, dude. I am not about to go throw myself in front of an armed robber and be like, you know, you should not be robbing this bank right now. Like, literally, what do you think? Okay? They even want to get rid of the, the courts. And they want to get rid of jails. I mean, we're talking, like, complete anarchy. They want America to turn into, like, a prison country. Like, essentially, like, you're inside a prison because you're stuck with all these criminals that aren't going to go to jail. And there's no police to save you. And you just better freaking hope that there's a good civilian out there with a gun willing to step between you and the bad civilian with a gun and, and, and help you and save you. Because that's, that's what they want you to end up with. That's what they're talking about when they're saying to deban and, and defund the police. Okay? So, we have all this chaos, getting rid of all this stuff, and the actual government officials on the liberal left are approving it. The Minneapolis City Council is voting, is it voting to defund and get rid of their police department. And the, the head, the liberally educated woman at the head of the city council, she said that, because they asked her, well, what happens if like your house gets broken into and you need to call the police? She's like, well, that's white, that's, that's privilege. That's white privilege to, to trust that you can call the police when your house is broken into. What? Okay, so 
On top of all of this, in the meantime, Seattle is doing their riots and looting. And there's a police department that ended up uh, having the National Guard there and everything. And because of all this stuff going on, um, they let go of the East Precinct. Um, it's a six-block area that, and the six-block area that surrounds it. They, they actually were in the midst of all these rioting and lootings going on. People were being arrested because they were being violent toward the police. <laughs> right? We so be arrested if you're going to be violent. But that's fine if it's toward the police, if as long as it's not toward you, right? But look how many people have already died in these riots and looting. Okay. But anyway, I digress. So these they were arrested, and and everything was just building up and building up and building up. And so what's happened now is that the mayor of Seattle, let's see, what's this person's name here? I just saw it. Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin told, approved or told or whatever the police to abandon the precinct. And so they packed everything up. They got all the files out of there. They, they, and they boarded it up and they, they left, but they got everything out, the weapons, everything out. Like they emptied it. I mean, I'm sure desks and stuff are in there, but like anything that, uh, could be used as a weapon, anything that is confidential information, blah, 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 computers, all that. They got that out. Them and the National Guard abandoned the East Precinct, Precinct building when demonstrators overtook it. And the and these demonstrators then took over a six-block area. Um, and they now call it the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, or CHAZ. The Autonomous Zone has armed guards. Local businesses are being threatened with extortion. At one point, they were graffitiing. Somebody was graffitiing because, I mean, it's an anarchy place. You should be able to do whatever you want. But they were def they were graffitiing a business that there's a rapper, a, sel a self-proclaimed rapper that is has taken over. He's like the warlord. And he's walking around and he's having people searched and frisked and they have to show ID before they can go into the barriers and enter this area. It says um, that you have now left the United States. Um, and, and this area that was taken over, there's people that live there, people in business there that have nothing to do with the riots and the looting and are just stuck here because the mayor freaking told the police to back out and the police did and now we're stuck with this. And how are you going to clean this out? Okay. So, um, so they, they're looking at this and there's armed guards at the perimeter. You have to get permission to get in. You have to be frisked and searched to get in. Somebody was graffitiing and this, this, this uh, self-proclaimed rapper um, and his armed thugs walked over and were telling the person, you can't mess with this building. This person's protected. And the guy's like, whatever. And at one point, he's like, don't, don't be threatening me, the, the rapper and the thugs. We'll, we'll blow your head off. Yeah, because that sounds like really good. That, I'm glad that you don't have police. So there are no police in the six blocks. Um, so there are no signs that the police can get back in there. They really need to retake it. Um, there's, they've sent a list of demands and 
the ironic thing of all of it is they interviewed the governor. Let me get his name. Washington State Governor. It's a good thing I typed somewhat fast. All right, Jay Inslee. Okay. So, it says, Jay Inslee, Governor of Washington State, focused on jobs, education, clean energy, and building a Washington that works for everyone. Well, that's where you failed, dude. Um, you can never make everybody happy. Anyway, so this dude was interviewed about Chaz, okay? And they asked him about it, and he goes, I was, and you can see him marking on his paper. You know full freaking well he knows what's going on. He's, you know full well. He's marking down in his paper while they're asking the question, not looking at the camera until the very end of the question is posed. And he looks up, he goes, I am unaware of this, and um, I'd have to look into it because I can't say anything unless I have more information. Let me see if I can find the quote. Hold on. Well, that's news to me, so I'll have to reserve any comment about it. I, I have not, I have not heard anything about that from any credible source. <laughs> not that you're not credible. It's just like before I espouse an opinion, I should know of which I speak. All right, so that was Inslee um, claiming he doesn't know anything. And so, um, th that is, okay, if, if you believe that, like the song says, I've got some oceanfront property in Arizona that I can sell you. Um, for some reason, the liberal left, for some reason, have, beside the fact that they've never really had a spine have like donated their spines to science or something I don't know I don't understand like I I couldn't understand before when and I've I talked about this on a pod a few podcasts back how how people could be defending rioting and looting like it's okay and and everybody does it because it isn't okay and not everybody does it um and now I'm just I feel like I'm sitting in and I'm not going to call it a twilight zone I feel like I'm sitting in a, in a world of irony and I'm just watching this ironic situation. So, here's what I wrote. An anarchist state of Chaz in Seattle, Washington now exists. When just a few days ago I was thinking I would still really like to live in Seattle. Alright, little side note here. I literally was thinking the other day, wow, you don't really hear about Seattle um, dealing with riots and looting, looting and all this stuff. I, 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 could, I could see myself living in Seattle. I really could. Uh, and then I heard this and I'm like, oh, that just shows, I mean, I don't get a lot of the news because of where I am, but I'm just saying that just shows how little I was paying attention, I guess. So then I continued, the liberal government is allowing this to happen and aren't interceding, having had the police and National Guard leave the police station in that area. The governor, the actual governor of the state of Washington, claimed in a press conference that he was unaware that this was happening and would need more information before commenting, telling me that either he is an idiot or he thinks you are, because the only way this could be true is if he is living in a palace surrounded by yes-men and sycophants and is totally unaware of the condition of his state, which means he is unfit to be the governor of the state. 
or he thinks people are so stupid to believe that he is ignorant to the local government pandering and rolling over for anarchy and refuses to govern his state and take responsibility, in which case he is unfit to be governor of the state. Okay, end of story. It's one of one or one or the other. He's either so consumed with living the life of governor without any obligation that he was blissfully unaware that Seattle was falling into anarchy, which means he's unfit to be governor because I can pretty much guarantee that he knows what the frick is going on. So the other side is that he just thinks everybody, including the reporter that asked him, everybody's an idiot and he's going to be able to spin this to avoid the answer instead of just saying this is a, a like, dude, legit. Ugh. All you have to say is, this is an unfolding situation. We are closely monitoring it. At this point, I cannot comment. However, just know that I'm fully aware of what is going on and we are working closely with the local government to have a peaceful resolution. I don't know, something. Something. Give us something. What was that? That was politics. That's what that was. That was liberal politics at its best. I mean... You knew that question was coming, dude. If you watch his vi the video of that, you I'm telling you, you literally see him calmly drawing on his... Like, he doesn't even feign surprise. He doesn't even feign shock. He doesn't even go, what? What's this about? I'm sorry, what? Okay, I was unaware of this. I will contact the mayor of Seattle. I will find out what's going on, and I'll have an answer for you. Nothing. He sits there fully, full-blown, freaking aware and thinks that, he, that people are so freaking stupid that when he says that he doesn't know, that that's actually better than admitting that he's just letting it happen. It was ridiculous, guys. It's ridiculous. We're living in such a twisted, turnaround, insane situation that I can't believe... I can't believe... I just can't believe the stuff I'm seeing. I can't believe it. I feel, I, I feel like, like Ben Shapiro is the one that was talking about it. Um, I, a lot of people, a lot of conservatives are <laughs> talking about it. But, I mean, he was saying, like, I feel like I'm watching, like, a, a comedy of errors. I'm, I feel like I'm watching, like, a, a Tom Wolf. I think it's the guy's name. Thomas Wolf, I think. Um, having his, not a, a dream of his unfold. Like, you're, not like a dream, like, this is what he wanted, but, um... There's something called Radical Chic, and I looked it up a little bit, but, uh, you know. Uh, this happened back with the Black Panthers and everything, the Radical Chic thing, and now it's happening again. But it's just, it's really interesting and, and it's somewhat frightening to see America deteriorate. Because we've seen rioting and looting. We've seen um, people claiming that, I mean, to this magnitude, I unless I was oblivious the other times, but... I mean, I knew people got pissed off at the police and protested and whatnot and rioted and looted and all that stuff. But to see people actually, like, take over a part of the city and um, force police out. And, I mean, they didn't technically force them out. Um, the mayor claims that the police chief, and, and if the mayor appoints the police chief, then I can highly believe it, uh, decided to pull out of there. Um, well, first to pull back barriers for peaceful protesters to get in that area. Like, what? I, I don't know anything. If I was an officer and I was seeing that happen, I'd be like, ooh, guys, this is not going to end well for any of us. 
Um, but anyway, I started, I said I was going to start with Gone with the Wind, but here we are. So that's where we are, people. We are in a place where the liberal left is demolishing America. That's, just, that's what's happening. You, you can be, you've been, if you don't see that, if you believe rioting and looting is okay, if you believe the country, this anarchist state of Chaz in Seattle is okay, if you think a rapper taking over and having his thugs patrol with guns and, and frisk people and demand identification and threaten to blow people's heads off in the, in the people police state of Chaz is okay, you can check off the box that you have been educated in a liberal education system and have not learned how to think for yourself because that is not okay. I mean, it's not. I, I, I don't know how anybody in their, in their right sane minds can say burning down a community around its people, destroying targets and businesses and killing people and, and going anarchist and, and taking over a part of the city and, and taking over with guns and, and violence and threatening people and, and all that is okay. Um, yeah. That's, that's not okay, and that's not sane. So, to wrap this up and be a little less, uh, as little less controversial as I can be, um, I'm surrounded by irony living in a world where HBO removes Gone with the Wind from its lineup until they can release it again, explaining that it has racist themes. I mean, it's about the Civil War in the South, but I guess if you don't know that, in order to not offend anyone, and yet they are known for adding as much sex, nudity, violence, foul language, and drug and alcohol use as they legally can to their shows and movies. Guys, they literally have a man. And you can look this up. I don't remember his name. But when, it's t when they're talking about Game of Thrones, because the, book of, the, the series of Game of Thrones, the books, do have sex. They have brothels. They have incest. They have rape. They have sex that happens in these books, okay? But there are more scenes that take place in the brothels, more scenes with nudity than are involved in these books. And they literally sat down with one of the people from HBO that were directing the series. And by the way, guys, I love the books. I seriously love George R.R. R. Martin's books. I love the series. Um, I started reading Game of Thrones in high school, and I had to wait like seven years for the Clash of Kings to come out. I'm telling you, like I w I've been hooked on these. Now, the thing is, when he put out his Dance of Dragons or whatever, I have no interest because he basically felt like his book was getting too big and he pulled all the characters we've never really met before that don't really directly tie into the story and put them in their own book and released that. And you're like, what'd you do that for? Like, I'm not invested in any of these people and I frankly could care less. Um, so I'm still waiting for the, the last book. I want to know what happened to Jon Snow and Ghost. I want to know. And we're still left here. But anyway, moving on. Jon Snow is one of my favorite characters. Um... And ghost. Um, but anyway, uh, so they asked the gentleman, like, you know, of the series. I could only get through one season, guys. I got to the end of season one. And when Daenerys Targaryen is standing there with full-on nudity, having had her clothes burned away when she got the stuff in the fire, the eggs, the hatched eggs out of the fire for the dragons, and she's standing there with her arms spread, full-blown nude. I'm just like, I, dude, I literally cannot watch a show where I have to have the remote in my hand to fast-forward every two minutes. I can't do that. I am not that invested in television watching. When I watch TV, usually it's just in the background. So if there's a lot of sex and nudity and stuff, I can't watch it because I have to pay attention and I have to fast-forward and skip stuff. All right? Very disappointed. And um, 
how much sexual content and nudity was put into Game of Thrones. But moving on. Um, so they asked this guy about it and he basically said, I'm, I'm the one that says, let's add more, let's add more sex. Let's add more nudity. Let's have a topless girl walk down the stairs here. I'm the one that pushes it. He goes, we go as far as we can. So consider this, like when they talked about the rape scene, when, um, Daenerys is married, uh, they decided not to portray it as rape because of the legalities of showing that on the television. Um, so instead they showed like the mass orgy of everybody having sex. Let me see if I can find that as I wrap this up, just to show the irony that they would pull Gone with the Wind because they're afraid that somebody's going to magically stumble on a movie from the thirties <laughs> from 1939, just magically stumble on it and say, you know, this looks like something I'd like to watch Fred and would turn it on and start watching it and then be offended that it's about the civil war, the South and uh, racism. But, you know, it, it's HBO, and I guess they just, maybe they weren't aware it was about that when they put it out. I mean, doesn't, don't their movies normally have, like, uh, this is what this show's about? Let's take a look. All right, and in danger of this getting freakishly long. Um, this is from TheAtlantic.com. Why does Game of Thrones feature so much sexual violence? Okay, this is written by Christopher Orr on June 17th, 2015. To some extent, the HBO show is adapting the themes of the novels, but it's also deliberately added instances of rape and torture on a number of occasions. All right. It's a question that's been asked of Game of Thrones as long as the HBO series has been on the air. Why so much sex and violence? The question has been raised in different ways at different times. Early on, it principally focused on nudity and sex position. The habit of featuring naked bodies, usually those of prostitutes, on screen while a principal character enunciated some otherwise tedious plot details. Uh... This was the era that spawned the famous SNL skit. More recently, and particularly over the course of the just-concluded fifth season, the question has evolved into a more pointed one. Why does a show feature so much sexual violence? Most, though not all, directed at women or even young girls. Obviously, part of the answer is that there's a lot of sexual violence in A Song of Fire and Ice, a series of George R. R. Martin's novels on which Game of Thrones is based. Martin has said himself that though his books are fantasy fiction, one of his intentions has been to convey an accurately medieval sense of how the powerful prey upon the powerless, including men preying on women. It's worth noting that in con condensing Martin's work for the screen, showrunners David Benioff and D.B. Weiss have on occasion pared down or cut altogether instances of sexual abuse. Moreover, the books are much longer than the show, and many of the horrors that take place in them, sexual and otherwise, are essential to the narrative. So when condensing their source material, Benioff and Wise have had little choice but to increase the overall ratio of horror. Two gruesome events separated by hundreds of pa book pages detailing wedding feasts and noble sigils might, through the simple act of compression, find themselves on screen in consecutive episodes, or even the same one. Finally, video is simply a hotter, more immediate medium than the printed word. Witnessing atrocities, atrocities is inevitably a different experience from having them described on the page. All caveats aside, however, it's also true that Benioff and Weiss have gone out of their way time and time again to ramp up the sexual violence well beyond their source material. New characters have been invented in order to become victims or victimizers, and existing ones have had their sexual cruelty amplified. The following is a list of relevant examples. One that is all in all likelihood not comprehensive. Readers are welcome to know other examples and, of course, counterexamples in the comment. Comments. Okay, and then they list um, characters. I'm not going to read about that. Um, 
All right. Are Benioff and Y cynically ramping up the sexual violence because they think it's good for ratings? Or are they just blasé and careless when it comes to the subject? Or do they feel that by rendering Martin's material even more extreme, they are somehow increasing its moral heft? Regular readers will know that I tend to believe that it is some combination of the first two explanations, but whatever's the case, it's a pattern so ingrained that it seems unlikely to change. Given this history, viewers should brace themselves for the worst in season six. Okay. So that wasn't the quotes I was looking for, but that gives you an idea of what HBO is. Okay. <laughs> so just, that'll just help you know. The quote that I was looking for was one that actually said um, that the person purposely sits in these meetings and says, yeah, let's add a naked person here. Yeah, let's add sex in the background here. Yeah, let's, let's put another nude scene in here. Let's add another naked person here. And he said, like, his whole point is to just push the envelope, you know, just um, make it happen. I really wish that I had looked up Gone with the Wind. If I had known HBO was going to pull it, um, and I would have looked it up before. Okay, so, like, here's an example. So, they have, um, th these are three different movies, Okay. And these are the little synopses. I wish I had I wish I had seen what HBO had put under Gone with the Wind that required them to yank it. Like, I, I don't understand. But anyway, uh, The Normal Heart. Get a closer look at the devastating early days of the HIV-AIDS crisis in the 1980s. New York City in this searing drama from writer and activist Larry Kramer. Number two, Shutter Island. A U.S. Marshal begins to question his own sanity while di investigating the disappearance of a murderer in an Alcatraz-like psychiatric hospital in this thriller from Martin Scorsese. Number three, The Kids Are All Right. This, the Oscar-nominated comedy follows a modern American family as their comfortable lives get interrupted when the sperm donor father comes into the picture. I, I really wish I could find what HBO how HBO described um, Gone with the Wind before they, they pulled it for fear of offending somebody because of the racist themes. Okay, I was trying to find the description. So HBO misses the mark with Gone with the Wind removal, how Hattie McDaniel changed film. This is by Jeff Porter, and he wrote it on June 10th. Okay. You've probably heard of HBO's pulling of Gone with the Wind lately. It's been everywhere and has people in an uproar. The classic film takes place during the Civil War and focuses on the life of a spoiled southern girl, Scarlett O'Hara, Vivian Lee. According to its description on IMDb, a manipulative woman and a roguish man conduct a turbulent romance during the American Civil War and Reconstruction periods. HBO seems to be focusing on the very few cries of the loudest group of people. All you have to do is Google Gone with the Wind to see that it's jumped to the top of Amazon's bestseller charts. So what exactly are they adhering to? According to sources like the New York Times, Entertainment Tonight, and NPR, they pulled it down for racist depictions and racial prejudices. I'd hate for anyone to see a film like Schindler's List or Disney's Remember the Titans. Do they not deal with subjects like racial prejudices and racial depictions? Perhaps the biggest thing that sticks out and what people in HBO seem to be missing is all the good that the film did for African Americans when it was released. Like Hattie McDaniel not only being nominated for an Oscar, but winning that Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. Hattie McDaniel became the first African American to be nominated for and win an Academy Award. It doesn't stop there, though. Not only did Gone with the Wind give us our first African American Oscar winner, when it came time to the actual awards show, 
McDaniel wasn't allowed into the hotel with her co-stars at first. In fact, she was taken to a small table in the back where she was to watch the show. This didn't happen, however. The producer of the film, David Oselznik, got the hotel to let her in so she could attend. After receiving the award, McDaniel received hate from other African Americans who accused her of being an Uncle Tom. In a famous response, she said she would rather make $700 a week playing a maid than $7 being one. This was said to Walter Francis White, leader of the NAACP, and he was the one who accused her of being an Uncle Tom. If we're going to begin taking films down for the depictions of racists or things that may be hard to watch or understand now, there is a laundry list of films that will have to be on that list. HBO has put the film back up in their library now with a special note explaining that it was created at a different time. However, I think what we see on screen is far less important than what went on behind the scenes. Discrediting this film could discredit the things the film accomplished, which at the time, looking back now, were monumental. Not everything is one-dimensional and you can't look at a film, you can't just look a film that has horrific depictions of history and claim it's bad. You must look at the story, how they show our history, even if it's hard to watch, and see what it was created, what was created from it. Without Gone with the Wind, who knows how long it would have taken for an African-American Oscar winner or to be allowed into the White's Only Hotel. Hattie McDaniel lives on as an icon and will forever be known for her Oscar win. What do you think? Do you think HBO did the correct thing? Let us know in the comments below. Okay. So, no. <laughs> so, in a world of irony, we're watching HBO. That is all about offending and <laughs> everything. Pulling Gone with the Wind. And now they've put it back up there, um, apparently. Uh, I don't have... I'd have to sign in, I think, to find it. Maybe not. Um, so now they've put it back on. But what I like, maybe now people will actually watch this movie that haven't um, to see what the, the hoopla is about. So that's probably a good thing. And in addition to that, um, it's, it's in a bestseller now on uh, Amazon. I already own the movie. I had already bought it. I, have, I, I had my dad buy it for me when I was a teenager. Um, and, and it was on VHS, if you know what that is. And uh, I bought the book while I'm here in China because I was like, you know what? I'd really like to read the book. Uh, I'd like to read the book. I'm only like a third of the way through because I was in college and couldn't read a whole lot of it. But um, yeah, guys, I feel like I am, I am living surrounded by irony. And either way, uh, welcome to the new normal provided for you by the liberal left. And I hope you enjoy what you demanded you wanted. And it, it's quite ironic to me. Um, because the Israelites demanded a king and God said, you want a king? You want to be ruled like these other people and have a king? Here you go. And I feel like the liberal left has been demanding all this stuff. And uh, here you go. So, there you go. You can email me at hcal.podcast.com. No, .podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you'd like to uh, email me, feel free. If you listened to this long, uh, thank you. Because this was over an hour. And that was not intentional. I intended for both of these to be short. But then I started quoting things and reading things. And it changes what I say and how long I go. But there you go. And uh, thanks for listening.